0: On today's episode of Locked On Suns, more fake, half, I don't know. We're going to call it drama around Devin Booker. Plus, who is going to be the heart and soul of this Suns team as they look to you win a championship? On and Suns. Who's the best shooter?
1: Your daily Phoenix on this Suns, Suns team. podcast. We're doing more
0: superlatives, part more part drama, the more August podcast NBA top. Let's go. Your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Friday. We're closing out the week. Maybe it's Thursday when you're catching the show. Either way, we appreciate you being here with us three days a week through August, back to daily in September and on through the season. Hit follow or subscribe if you've not doing, done so already. Just search Locked On Suns wherever you're finding this podcast. You'll find the feed, hit subscribe, get it in your feed every single day. Get locked on to the Phoenix Suns, becoming an everydayer along with this growing community. Aaron Edwards is joining as he does to close out every single week. And we talked Cooper flag, Bradley Beal last week, Aaron. We're going to delve into some similar waters this week that whole thing got disproven like within days so maybe (laughs) we're headed toward the same thing here although it was actually on a podcast this time and and on a stream in the other case so maybe that helps us a little bit um it can do we actually need to make the nba season longer because these guys (laughs) seem way too
1: bored I mean, they're just as bored as we are. Like, I mean, they're millionaires. So I'm sure after you hit the Bahamas or whatever European trip you're going to do that you had planned, it kind of is the same thing every day at that point. So I think maybe September is when they really start getting to the gym and getting ready and stuff. But I really think those first couple of months kind of just gets boring after a while. And you can see it now if you don't have a pod, at least like some of the podcast dudes, they've been staying busy. But I think the ones that True. don't, they got to be bored by now.
0: Yeah, Paul George is creating like a media empire already. He has this, this big podcast, and then all of a sudden, uh, not all of a sudden, he's been doing streams. Uh, he's he's on, he's gaming and, and all this different stuff. Um, you know, not to throw any shade at anybody, but like I, I just think sometimes about how, I'm like, don't you guys have families? Like I get you're not <laughs> used to hanging out with them and we all have our own uh, our own family lives. I'm not saying bad or good, but I'm just like I would be taking advantage of that. You got to be in freaking Minnesota all the time or wherever uh, during the season yeah. You're traveling Minnesota to Memphis and all kinds of stuff. You don't get to see them, but you know, more power to everybody. You got to stay busy. You got to stay uh keep your mind engaged. But for anybody who missed the uh, controversy that we're discussing, it is a response to one of the first games of last season, back when Clay Thompson and Devin Booker got into it a little bit um, on court. And I believe Clay got ejected. I don't believe that Booker did. Um, he Booker did. got into it with Booker and then I believe shoved Mikhail Bridges. And that's how he ended up leaving the game. The Suns won that game and <clears throat> big time. And then uh, Clay joined Paul George's podcast today or this week. And he said he was in his feelings, Uh, book was busting his you-know-what, and uh, he said I was not where I needed to be. Um, Stuff doesn't age well, and that didn't age well for me. So Clay kind of put it water under the bridge, and here's the part where I feel like I need uh, your help, which is, you know, we're deep into internet nonsense at this point. It was a comment on an Instagram post responding to that explanation uh, and kind of going at Paul George for even asking the question. Uh, it seems like Booker had a, had an issue with that even coming up again. I didn't really feel like it was that out of out of pocket for him to at least just ask about it. I don't think the question was was leading or problematic in any kind of way, but that 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 escalated it. Paul George then goes on his stream and you know, adds fuel to the fire. All all of all of these are adult men, by the way, allegedly. And we're all just getting silly because it's August. What did you make of of this entire thing? Is is any of it real? Is there any of it that will boil over when the Suns play the Warriors, when the Suns play the Clippers, as they uh, get back into the actual basketball in October, November?
1: Of uh, the Warriors would know, like after that game, Book even he, it was like he was nothing about it. He was like, "I look up to Clay. Like this isn't a big deal. It's just basketball. Like I've been looking up to Clay since I was in college. Like he was still super into Clay after that whole incident happened. So he must seem like he like, want, Clay-
0: like he was surprised Clay lost his cool and was almost like giving him an out on it."
1: Yeah, and it seemed like it was really one of his friends that just had a rough day, and that's how he treated it post-game. But I think that his beef with the Paul George thing was like, he was like, what's your favorite trash talk thing? You put up four fingers in Booker's face that one game. I think because he specifically called that one out. When he has way more beef with, like, Memphis, (laughs) but he still chose the Booker situation, I think that's what probably wrote Book the wrong way. It was like, all right, like, you kind of led him to try to – get into that game even though they lost but I think that book just kind of had a problem with him choosing that one specific when they had like battles with Memphis and there was literal like bloodshed and people getting injured and like real beef and they still wouldn't like he just went straight to the Suns one. so I think that was probably like his bigger yeah.
0: And that's fair. I, it's just like, it's kind of what the content game is. I mean, at the end of the day, like, do people really want to hear about like Desmond Bain? Probably not. Right. So like, I mean, um, I just, I, where I went with this in my head, cause I honestly think a lot of people try to not like book, and then they actually get a taste of of what that can be like. And I don't I don't think it always goes well. I mean, maybe Luca is the only one who can still hold something over him, seeing as how he beat him. <laughs> Nobody on the Nuggets cares enough to get into any of that. It doesn't seem like, um, but a lot of people have tried and failed to get in Devin Booker's head. So I didn't really take too much uh, of a worry about what it would how it would affect him. I think he's he's fine. But do people like Paul George? Because this is something that I don't get. I feel like there is a corniness or a disrespect that is is felt toward him. But at the same time, he gets all these guests for his podcast, and the dude like really has great interviews with all these guys out of nowhere. And no one thought he was going to have a good show, and he's already like one of the better NBA podcast guys. So it seems like... If you're doing that, people must like you to a degree. I, that's where I was very confused: is the the perception of Paul George among NBA fans and uh, especially NBA players?
1: Yeah, like the mix of people that don't like him. It seems like it's usually on court stuff, like. Book, I just think they played two playoff series against each other. And, I mean, Paul George didn't play the last one. I was going to say, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I think, like, naturally, like, if you have to see a dude that many times in games that intense, then you're probably going to end up finding some beef sooner or later. Like, I think there was no situation where we weren't going to end up with this relationship with Mavs fans. I think it's going to be a new one next year. It's going to be a team that we randomly play that's in the playoffs like, Anthony Edwards or something, and we're going to be like, damn, I have to hate Anthony Edwards now after the series because I think that's going to be chippy and that's going to like be some new beef or something. So I think that's just what happens when you play people in the playoffs. You end up having a beef you didn't expect because you have to play that. And I can just see how something like that happens. And that's what I think the Paul George thing is, because like you said, everybody's cool with him people that love basketball up they love his shoes like i think he had a Yeah, has but i mean good. there is
0: the playoff p stuff, the pandemic yeah. p. I do think people look at him and maybe it's the clippers aspect of it, maybe it's it how, is the way that they went out in the bubble. I'm not sure, yeah. but there is a lot of like you're you're fake, you're you're corny, you're not a winner, you're this and that even though he he has no shortage of confidence. So i appreciate that about him that he doesn't back down on all of it, but there are a lot of nba fans who just think he's like a complete clown.
1: Yeah, I think like the way he went about like leaving OKC and I think Kawhi kind of took a lot of the heat on that too. But I think Mm -hmm. the way he left Russ and just kind of bailing out of nowhere, I think a lot of people didn't like that part. But as far as I see it, like a lot of NBA players like love him still. And yeah, people on Twitter really love him. Like the the unanimous approval rating, it seems like he has Mm -hmm. it. Is kind of surprising. The Clippers thing, I think, because they came out and they were like, we're easily winning the championship. We got Paul George and Kawhi, and they were so cocky. (laughs) Like, and like they beat the Lakers a couple times, and they were only beating them in the regular season, and then they couldn't even get to the Lakers in the playoffs. So I think a lot of it is just the way they acted when they got Paul George and Kawhi. Like, they already had it in the bag when they definitely didn't.
0: What team is the Suns' biggest rival right now? What's the team you're looking forward to from a chippiness, uh, a baggage standpoint, coming into an actual game when the when the season starts of any team? Let's just say in the West,
1: because it's probably not going to be in the East. Um, Dallas doesn't have the same team from before, so I don't. Th- I think it's just Luka and Book this time. So just let them play on the floor against each other, <laughs> because it's not even. I'm the team we have isn't even the same team. I just. Yeah, it will true. never match up again. Like we can never get that L back because it's not the same team. <laughs> they don't have the same team. So it's just stuck. Like, yes, every time we beat Luka, that's going to be fun. But these teams aren't the same anymore. So we can't get our lick true. back. That's that's over. But I think now it's just the Nuggets. Like I think mm-hmm. the Nuggets was still chippy, even though they did have the better team. And we just match up wise, like we just couldn't match up with them. So I think reloading and doing that again, while they still have the best player on the floor, I think that's just going to be fun to keep watching. Like, I hope we get it again, and I hope that it goes the other way. But I can see that becoming a rivalry, not because, like, the chippiness or anything, even though Book is going to have some chippiness with anybody. So I can see beef coming up with whoever we play. But I think just skill-wise and what it's going to come down to, probably, like, championship or bust, I think that that's going to be the one that I want to see it with.
0: Absolutely, I think uh, yeah, the the Mavs. I have a hard time wanting to see that because, frankly, the way they play, I hate watching. Um, <laughs> I just don't. I I don't get entertained by that team anymore. It bums me out that Luca plays that style, and he's so talented and everything. So I get it from a from a. I mean, there's also the history with. Us uh, in Phoenix and, and Dallas, obviously over the years and everything. But to me, it's the Warriors. I'm really excited to see, not because of this Clay stuff, but you add the Chris Paul element, you add the fact that Durant has not played there, obviously still since he left uh, in a non-COVID game, and that that environment, if if we get it in the playoffs, especially, is going to be awesome. But I, I mean, that should be easily a Christmas game or a opening night game or, or something like that right away because there's just too many storylines to not dive into it. Um, even if, even if book and clay have made up, uh, let's get into, (laughs) honestly, we could just really geek out and and call it a preview of the uh, Dan Marley hustle award, which is that thing the (laughs) Suns give out every year. Uh, but it's a bigger conversation than that. It's who's going to kind of be the, the BS or be the, the, you know, guy who takes it, I mean, in situations like these rivalry types of matchups, who's the guy who kind of wears that? Might be the same answer as the award. It might not. It might be more than that. We'll talk about it next as well as the best shooter on this team, which is a bigger debate than it used to be for sure. First, today's show brought to you by Bird Dogs. We just got more gear from Bird Dogs. We love everything that they put out, but especially here in the Valley, the moisture-wicking Sweat-wicking fabric is perfect. The stretchiness, the breathability of these shorts and pants is exactly what we need. We are still struggling through 110-degree day after 110-degree day. Bird dogs make you look good. They stretch. They are basically like khaki-looking shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a sculpted look, allowing you to move more comfortably. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They look way better. Again, can, can testify to that. Been wearing them for months since they came on and they've been my uh, lifesaver during this hot time. Uh, you also can get a free white tech hat, perfect for golfing. Honestly, it's like a perfect golf hat, perfect workout hat. If you're outside, it doesn't attract the heat because it's, it's bleach white and it has the Bird Dogs logo to rep it. Let them know how much you love their gear. You get it for free when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA or go to birddogs.com slash LOCKEDONNBA to make your purchase. That's birddogs.com slash NBA or enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Check out for a free white tech Bird Dogs hat. You will not want to take your Bird Dogs off. That is their promise. Keeping it rolling, let's talk grit. That's what you called it, Aaron, when we were prepping. And uh, I'll give the floor to you because... I'm curious how you mean it. Do you mean it in terms of that this is a super team and you just got to have guys who play with energy and do the dirty work and do the little things, or do you mean it from a mentality standpoint of they need somebody who's gonna salsa dance in front of LeBron James again, or uh, you know do <laughs> do that type of mind game and uh, kind of leadership type stuff in a in a big moment? Which which way do you think of it?
1: Um, I think it, like, sort of like a person that's annoying that's willing to let a game get ugly. I don't know, like, what happens with this current sense team in an ugly game. Like, to get the order back and kind of let the chaos, like, happen but still sort of have order a little bit, that's where I like Chris Paul. Technically, that's kind of what Draymond is there for, too. Like, he can make a game ugly, but there's still kind of order to it. And he makes okay. you lose your cool, like... I think just one of those things where in a tight game where it's getting chippy and ugly and you still need to have your wits about you, but you can still kind of get in the mud too. We don't really have like one of those dudes. Like you don't want, like I've always said this, you don't want your best player (laughs) to be that person. Like I think book has the ability to sort of keep a game calm while also talking trash and being like a little dirty and a little annoying and doing that. But I never thought that you should have your best dude do that so i want to see if we do like if a Kogi wants to change his entire personality and just kind of be that guy that kind of is willing to make a game annoying and get physical and make an ugly game still winnable sort of thing
0: well it sounds like you're almost saying it's better than a role player like it's sort of a, it has to kind of be a good player because it sounds like you're looking for somebody who when a game is, you know, in crunch time and maybe there's there's foul trouble or there's a bunch of turnovers or there was just like a, you know, shoving match or coaches losing his mind and <laughs> everything's just going crazy. Who's going to be able to buckle, buckle guys down and actually make an impact? And it's like Josh Okogie fits a lot of the other aspects of that from like he's going to get on the ground, he's going to, you know, Play defense physically and and crash the offensive glass and do some of those things that can change the the temp the the nature of a game. But he's not necessarily good enough to like take everything on his back. So it's almost like you're kind of somewhere between a role player and a star. I, so yeah,
1: I think like, I think Eric was. You think that? Like, I think if Macogee was willing to like get down and dirty and then make a play and, like, clap in the dude's face or something like that. Like, he's not, like, he's not that type of person. That's more KD and Book. But they mm-hmm. shouldn't have to do the other part either. I think, like, mm-hmm. like Draymond, like, he will get down and dirty, clap in your best player's face, make a game ugly, clap in your coach's face, like, do all that stuff. And I think sort of, like, teams kind of do need that still.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it could be Eric Gordon. I know personality-wise, like... He's maybe not fully that guy, but he's a veteran. He's gonna have the respect of the stars. He plays really physically overall, and I just don't think he's gonna be worried about the nonsense of, of something like that. So he's the kind of he's kind of the guy that comes to mind. Where because the other part of it is like you're you already know who four of the guys are that are gonna be on the court yeah. in those <laughs> moments. So there's not exactly a lot of opportunity to mix and match here um of of as far as who that could be it's not going to be Aiton we don't need to get into it it's not going to (laughs) be Booker or Durant for the reasons you just said I also don't think Durant's really like fully ever kind of wanted to mix it up in that way either not and I don't mean that negatively I just don't think that's how he approaches competitiveness on the court Yeah, yeah I
1: think that first game with uh with the new after the trade with Harden everybody against the Sixers that was like the one mm-hmm. time, well, not the one time, but he picks and chooses when he wants to get sure. in that mode and kind of get under people's skin, but he doesn't do it all the time.
0: It almost seems like he does it kind of when he's more like flaunting and flexing, yeah. being like <laughs> dominant, winning, you know, being up a lot. Like, you know, he got into it in that way with LeBron a time or two, but it was more like we're beating you, not like yeah. I'm just being a, <laughs> a an ass, you know? So, um, and then Beal just doesn't seem like, the most expressive guy period off the court on the court whatever so I, I don't exactly think you would expect that out of him I mean even those w- Wizards teams he was a young guy then but you know that was Kelly Oubre and like Marcin Gortat and like yeah. Nene who were who were doing that when he was on competitive teams back then so yeah it's a good question. Um, well
1: Crowder was fighting with people all the time like it seemed like he had just a little dust up with any team that we played against in the last year, we didn't really have that. Like it was book every time, pretty much. (laughs) And like I've said, like your best player getting into the dustups every time it has to be like a dude on the outside fringes. And Crowder was a perfect guy for that. Just good enough to get hot, but also like a little far off to where he can make a game kind of dirty and get in it and be the, be in the middle of the stuff, not be like on the outside of it. So yeah, like Crowder was good for that, but.
0: He, and if he, he gets ejected, that that. no problem. Yeah. Cause yeah. <laughs> it's just a role player, you know, kind of like starter caliber player at the end of the day, it's not a vital piece. I, I agree with you on the, the star part though, because I feel like not just with Booker, but if, if any team is in a situation where their star kind of has to take that on and the other team baits or gets the attention of or kind of gets a reaction out of that star, they feel like they won already. You yeah. know, <laughs> like they won the mind games already. If Devin Booker is, you know, has a fuse lit all out of nowhere and and has, you know, kind of loses his temper, even if he's able to keep it in check and there's no text or anything, like set that aside. It's also just a, a mindset thing, and they're like, all right, like we. We're in their heads. We Their yeah. best player is like thinking about this when it's all kind of stupid and we're just messing with them, you know? So yeah, like I agree Brown that it can't
1: be With that. Denver, like they had their dirty kind of get, like the Lakers hated Bruce Brown. <laughs> he was yeah. talking trash to them the entire time, he would come off the bench and get a couple good plays and then annoy them. But it was like to the point where if Bruce Brown gets ejected, pissing off LeBron or Anthony Davis because he did something like... Denver's going to take that, like, and I think we need one of those to where it's like, yeah, like, yeah, if he gets ejected and he makes the other team Matt, that's cool, but it's not our best player we're losing, and I think having one of those is really good.
0: Are there any candidates besides
1: Gordon and Okogi? Um, I don't know, like... I don't, like, I don't really know the personalities of the other guys we got yet. So that's probably going to be the newest part is like, who are these dudes? They're about to have a spotlight on them that they never really had before. So we're kind of going to see. I could see Eubanks,
0: but I feel like he's not going to be on the court a lot. Of You know,
1: ideally, he's playing like 20 minutes
0: at, on the absolute max because he's, yeah. you know, he's can't play with Aiton. Right. So he's he's not going to be out there a lot um goodwin was the other one i thought of just because he does play so physically he is a pest as far as his defense goes but he's a young guy and so you never know he's probably not going to want to overstretch himself and and be you know chirping and getting physical with guys like that if he wants playing time like he doesn't want (laughs) to jeopardize uh the opportunities he gets but it is going to be an interesting thing to monitor obviously Bates diop is the last name we should probably mention just because he might start for this team but yeah. he's the guy I, I know the least about as far as personality goes. And he's on a small market team that was losing, and he was had injury stuff. And even in college, kind of came out of nowhere, wasn't a high-profile guy, had an injury and redshirted. Like, his whole kind of pathway has been very under the radar. So this will be his, his year to break out. Maybe that comes with some of that, but kind of too early to say. We'll see what happens. Um, what if it's just you though? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going to be, uh, empowered by the superstars in a way that, that, I mean, like Goodwin and, and Yuta are the two guys who have like a, a pal in the star group that they can yeah. rely on to feel a little confident going out of their way to do that stuff. Cause Goodwin obviously has the relationship with Beale and, and Yuta with, with KD, but I don't know. They do need it. It, it is yeah. important. It'd be nice if it was Aiden, but I don't think it will be, um, <laughs> You just Let's, have to get it in there. <laughs> I mean, that's who it should be, right? I mean, like, we don't it have should. to beat around the bush. That's who it should be. In an it ideal be, world, but. it's it's your center who's an athlete and a, and a young guy and hungry and all that stuff. Like, on a, on a normal super team, the guy that looked like and acted like and played like Aiden, that would be the dude who... Who does this but in, in this case not so much uh, at least as far as we know that could change i'm open to he's, it we'll see he's gonna change the
1: narrative he said it we'll see he
0: said it uh all right let's talk about shooters because that's the other interesting conversation here i even think before between cam johnson and devin booker it was pretty interesting but now you have damian lee is on this team kd bradley beal eric gordon is on this team yuda watanabe is on this team who's the best shooter on the suns and how do they maximize having all of their shooters out there. We'll talk about that after another break. All right, closing out the week here on Locked On Suns. One last segment, who's the best shooter on the Suns? Side note, actually, before we dive into that, because I saw some some joking about this on the Suns subreddit, Aaron, and I I agree with it. Um, I'm the biggest Mikael Bridges fan that there's ever been. I have stopped talking about him on the show because (laughs) he doesn't play for this team. Um, but the the love and like over the top praise for him and Cam Johnson has gotten weird with the Team USA stuff and whatever. <laughs> and somebody pointed it out on the subreddit that they're like they the announcers and whatnot treat the guys like they're twenty one. They're like about to be thirty years old, and we're we're like oh like they're so they're so friendly and good. It's 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 it's, it's getting weird. Um, but I bring that up to say give you the chance to uh, respond. But also, I think Cam Johnson was the best shooter on this team until he left. So that's who vacated it, I think, uh, besides Booker. But that's my personal opinion. So you can respond to either or both of those uh, intro points
1: here. Yeah, I I thought it was, too. That's why, like, I feel like we always knew we had to give up Mikhail. I think that was, like, the bigger thing. Like, when people are like, can we pull off keeping Cam? Because that would have been big for the playoffs if we managed to – yeah managed to keep him. Mikel, like, when people were like, maybe we can do this without giving out Mikel, like, it was always laughable because there was no way that was happening. There was no way that was ever happening. I think I said that on my pod. I was like, he's gone. If we're getting KD, Mikel is gone. But I think it was whole- literally
0: like the day that all the KD stuff first came out over a year ago where I was like, <laughs> this is where it's headed and I'm feeling sick about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're like, I know Mikel has to go, but I don't want it to happen. And I was just yeah. like... And but on Twitter, people are like, maybe we can just give up a bunch of picks and Aiden and keep Mikkel. And I was just like, it's gonna be Mikel. But if yeah. we if we had managed to keep Cam Johnson, because that was like my biggest thing. Is like we don't really have shooters. Damian Lee was cooling down hard at around that time during the um, All Star break, and we just yeah. didn't really have shooters. So I was just like, if we can manage to keep Cam Johnson, then we have the guy that's gonna. He was going to start in that Kogi spot and he was going to get some of the most open shots he had ever gotten in his life. And we just couldn't pull that off. But yeah, he was the best shooter we had. I still think it might be Yuta now. Like mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think he's probably going to be our best shooter that we put out there, but he's still like second unit. So I'd still like put book, I think like out of the stars. Mm-hmm.
0: It's weird with book. Cause obviously like pretending like he's, you know, not, An obvious option is a little ridiculous because in terms of shot making skill you have to mention him but the reality is like as far as in basketball games over the course of a season the three-point shooting has not been like the elite of the elite of the elite (laughs) and it's rare to have like a superstar who does both like that I mean you're talking about like Steph and Lillard and I mean like even Harden didn't make a lot he just took a lot and so it ended up kind of balancing out so that that doesn't really happen for one guy but I mean honestly my answer it's probably KD to me
1: yeah, it's just like in my head. I still wanted to say KD, but that Denver series soured me so bad, <laughs> just That's because fair. it was just like Jesus, Kevin. Like yeah, it was yeah. just looking rough for a bit. So like, yeah, it's probably KD, but that Denver series was a rough watch, wasn't it? Nineteen percent or something like that. That's
0: yeah, I think you're right. Um, <laughs> over the pat well, but but really, like it's it's an unanswerable question, and it's uh it's you don't want to pile on too much and then have him prove you wrong and, and you look like an idiot, but he's 24 of 72 over the past two playoffs from <laughs> deep. you know, that's only 15 total games. Cause the two years ago, obviously they got swept You're and swept, that's yeah. why he asked out, but that's 33%. Like that, that's over two postseasons. you know? And yeah. obviously there were years before that where he was f- the, the previous two 40% Uh, with Brooklyn in 2021 and then 44% in that 2019 run with Golden State where he just was like far and away the best player in the league so yeah it's it's interesting you know in in terms of the actual sample size of of the games, not just what we think of him as you know it is it is a little bit in flux or a little bit of an open question right now Um, one guy I want to throw out there too though is is Eric Gordon, just because of his range I don't think people necessarily realize how big that's going to be. He can stand, you know, five feet behind the line and be a real spacing threat
1: and actually take those when he, when he gets the ball. Yeah, like, I like that he has the confidence to shoot them, and I like that he does make them sometimes. But when he was on the Clippers and he was taking them, I was with him shooting it. I was like, yeah, yeah. take that, Eric. Like I'm completely fine with you taking that shot. I don't think he's going to have the green light that he had there just because Kawhi hadn't went down at that point and they did have Paul George, and the points needed to come from somewhere. So they gave him a green light that maybe he probably would not have normally had. But when he was with the Clippers, I was good with him shooting that. He's probably not going to get it as much on the Suns, so. though.
0: I think you're probably right on on the the spot up, just stand still, catch and shoot. I I think it is Yuta. I feel like you know he every number you look at from the minute he stepped foot in the NBA, it's you know wide open. He's like close to fifty percent corner threes, close to fifty percent, and then even just his raw total numbers are forty five. Like he he's (laughs) he's he's crazy. I mean, he's tall. He has a high release. Like all of that just makes it a pretty good bet that if he's open that that shot's gonna go in but um I want to throw Bradley Beal out there just because I don't know if you and I have talked about him but uh, like in this in this context because I I look at his early season he as a rookie is 39 from deep then 40%, then 41%, 39, 40. Those are his first five seasons. Those are like the the main competitive years that Washington had when he was more of a sidekick slash kind of role player type next to John Wall. And I think he's just better now because obviously he should be, and he's gonna get even more open shots. He's gonna be playing off ball a lot, which he hasn't done in a while. I think we could see like a 41, 42% three point shooting season from Beal. I don't know if it will happen. I'm not saying that's my prediction, but I think it's totally possible that he's just like one of the best shooters in the NBA this season because of all that.
1: Yeah. I can see him getting those numbers back. It's the same reason I can see books numbers going up. I see him getting up to like 36, 37 this year. I think he's going to get more open shots. And more spot up shots than he usually does. Depending on who's the playmaker, none of us know the answer to that question yet. So I think like uh, like we've always said, like if they're gonna alternate, they're both gonna be getting open shots because Katie's gonna be over there. They're not gonna put him in the corner like we did the last time. <laughs> I think Katie's gonna be in the motion a little bit with the ball in his hands. If Vogel's any good at his job or anybody, like I just think that the offense is gonna run a little different. And we're not just going to put one of the best players in the world in the corner. So I think a lot of them should shoot at a really good clip because it's going to be open shots. Like, no matter who you are, Aiden, his percentage should be up. And he's really good at the basket. So we're just going to probably see a lot of these dudes' numbers go up if they are really good at uh, spot-up shooting.
0: And if they put the right guys out there, right? I mean, that that is the part of it that I... Mentioned to head into this segment, and we didn't really touch on, but I do feel like, you know, I mean, I, we talked about it. I talked about it on Monday with Brandon a little bit because we were talking about lineups, and just it feels to me like only one of a Kogi and Goodwin can play. Even though we, Suns fans, I think, all like both guys, you just yeah. can't afford to have too many questionable shooters, especially because Ayton and Eubanks both aren't going to be shooting the ball. So, you know, if you're talking about a bench lineup where Goodwin and Akogi and Eubanks are all out there suddenly it's like even if it's KD even if it's Beal or whatever with them it's that's not a great lineup so um, yeah I think it's gonna I think
1: we're gonna see Beal and Eric Gordon a lot though like I think that's gonna be one of the second unit lineups or Book and Eric Gordon and Eubanks like I think we're gonna see a lot of different stuff but it's never gonna not be (laughs) Bill or Book with the second unit at least I would like it that way
0: yeah, we kind of came down on KD being being the primary guy because Book <laughs> likes to play those first quarters. Yeah. And Beal might not quite be good enough to handle those uh, and make everybody better the same way that that Kevin Durant can and like Durant historically that's been a lot of his bread and butter. He's beat up on those types of of backup units where you just put shooters out there with him and he can just kind of isolate and cook for a few minutes. So I I like that, but you're right. No matter what it is, um gordon will help and they're going to have at least one starter out there but they also kind of need to try to maximize the spacing and everything too so they don't get too bogged down let's close with booker again just to return to him because we talked about the three-point shooting for durant the past couple of playoffs obviously booker last year was uh, a complete alien 51 percent <laughs> from deep in the playoffs on 61 attempts last year for booker but even before that uh the season where they lose to Dallas, which we thought of as you know a little questionable for him by the second round. He was so good in that first round, and he did have some good games in in the Dallas series too. The past two years for Booker, forty seven percent combined from deep in the postseason. So he turns it on when he needs to, and he's efficient and effective on those shots, um, kind of when it matters. But yeah, it's just a putting it together for the full season thing that is a question mark. We'll see what happens again. We'll see who has the ball because I think that will matter, but. Uh, The main point is, the reason I wanted to bring it up is, this team has way more shooting than they did last year.
1: Yeah, I think, like, the Book shooting thing, I I think with the new coach and the new system and all that, there used to be, like, halves where you'd be like, Book hasn't shot a three in this quarter, or Book hasn't shot a three in this half. And then you're like, Book, what are you doing? Like, I get it, you're getting to the rim, and you're trying to get to the line, but you would go entire quarters or halves where Book hasn't shot a three yet. So I think we're not going to see that much anymore either. I think that's kind of why his percentage fluctuates so much because he has to get, like, once he starts shooting them in, like, the third quarter, like, he's played (laughs) damn near a half a game already. So I think that him getting into, like, the action more and kind of taking a lot more threes this year, not, like, going crazy, but I think that sometimes he lets the game come to him a little too much, (laughs) and you realize that he doesn't take as many threes as a lot of people might think.
0: No, he doesn't. I mean, last year, per 36 minutes, he shot only six attempts, seven the year before that. He's never had a season more than seven and a half. Um, Whereas, you know, most of the guys we think of as great shooters in the NBA take way more than that. I mean, Beal had a season with eight and a half. He's had two seasons of seven and a half. And Beal's also a guy who had the ball in his hands probably too much at times. But even he got up there in terms of attempts uh, more than book at, at various points in his career. So, um, it, it should be an emphasis again, a lot of it will depend on who's kind of initiating and, and doing things and what the offense even looks like. But again, lots more shooting than they had lots more space than they've had. And their best players are also shooters, which is not something every team can say. So that will wrap us up for the week. I believe we will have schedule news next week. I believe, uh, maybe some more Jersey stuff coming up and we're just marching toward training camp. So hit follow or subscribe be coming every day or get locked onto the suns each and every day as we head toward basketball being back in our lives full time. I'll catch you guys on Monday.